Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braddon. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man. Mm. I'm fired up, brother. We we got some breaking news right. we're going to get to in a little bit. We're going to have a little fun on this show. And I got a little teaser, Shane. We teased it on the last one. I'm going to tease it from the start here because it was such a great time. And I just want a public shout-out to Rusty Manziel on threes with on three now, Shane. He sat down in studio for over an hour. That's going to be the next pod. People are probably like, what the hell? It's not even this one? What? Why are you bringing this up? But that's a, that's what we, in showbiz, we call a little bit of a teaser. Mike, I'll tell you what, it has been an absolute train wreck on this end. <laughs> I mean, I got up this morning, and it's just one of those days. You ever have one of those days? It's like, oh, yeah. Like, I, if I would have left 30 seconds earlier, I wouldn't have got behind Papaw Jones coming down, you know, and have to take 35 miles an hour, and there's nowhere to pass him. And then then it leads to me catching every red light on the way to work. So I, I hope whoever's listening to this in the morning is not having that kind of day. It's Friday. Your weekend's up. upon. It's upon us. You know, well, sooner than later, you'll have a cold beer in your hand. But, Mike, I needed this pod to lift me up and get these guys started. So, uh, I, it's funny because when I put it on, I, no joke, as soon as I put the pod in, because I listened to it too. I know it sounds stupid, but I listened to the pod as well. And as soon as I did, he turned off the off the highway. I was like, okay, all right. So, <laughs> things started moving in the right direction. So, I'm not saying it was, you know, a coincidence or anything, but the pod helps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, let's get right into it, Shane. The SEC, just as we were set to record here, they've made it official, Shane. Staying at eight conference games for 2024. Now, this is uh, apparently just a one-year deal. And mm-hmm. I, they're staying away from, um, you know, how we, us and others have put it out there where, you know, Tennessee catches Vanderbilt and, and Florida catches mm-hmm. Georgia. They're staying away from that. So they're, they don't want anyone to say, this ain't permanent. You know, no permanent games and all this. And so I, I I don't know if I read too much into that, but just I think the point being is they're going to release the schedule. And, hey, credit the SEC, Shane. I'm not – we're clearly – we're not big fans of this eight-game schedule, but they are listening in some degree because we've been preaching, why in the world are you putting out these football schedules in the middle of the season – they have finally kind of wised up to that, and they announced here on Friday, or excuse me, Thursday, that on June 14th, so less than two weeks, they are going to do a live show on SEC Network where they are going to reveal the 2024 schedule. So, I, I mean, I think that's pretty neat, Shane. Now, a little caveat there. they're gonna What they're going to do is they're going to reveal the, the, the games and where they are without revealing the dates so the dates will still be kind of mia but it, who we what we really care about is who are we playing where are we playing yeah. them and we'll know that june 14th absolutely flag day mark it in your books <laughs> it's a holiday i don't know what flag day means but today it means there's something going on with the sec and you need to be a part of it i me and mike were talking i don't know if this is official but 
we're kicking around the 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 idea of going live during this thing because i think this is pretty cool man i think it's a pretty cool event yeah. you know we get to see the future what what the scheduling is going to look like with oklahoma and texas and mm-hmm. some of these schools we've not seen in a while so i'm pretty excited about it mike and uh i i think the live idea is a pretty cool one so we get a little closer to date We'll get, give you some more details on that, but mark it in your book, Flag Day. We're going to have Schedule Day here in the SCC. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, Shane, what a fun idea that would be. I mean, everybody would be tuned in to SCC Network, seeing what the schedule is, and then once that is over, flip on or YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, all that. We'll be live, breaking it down, sharing mm-hmm. our thoughts in real time. And the, the great hey, they do a heck of a job at SCC Network, Shane. I'm not going to disparage them but they can't curse they can't drink they can't tell you what they really think sometimes we can tell you so we're gonna lay it to you straight you know what absolutely i may be about four or five in here so there's no edit when we go live so that's the that's my only concern mike but uh brother i I will say this i am kind of curious i i think so similar topics that we've discussed this week i don't expect anything too alarming I expect to see a Texas and a Texas A&M game. I expect to see a, a Tennessee and possibly an Alabama game. Right. Uh, I may be crazy, but it just feels like, you know, in this one-year trial that we're we're still going to see some of those matchups we've we've grown to love and uh, and and some new ones that we that we're anticipating. Yeah, did you see – I bet you didn't see this, Shane. Greg Sankey was asked as, as soon as they announced this, as soon as he said, we're staying at 8, we're doing this SEC Network June 14th reveal. First question, Shane, will Texas and Texas A&M play in 2024? You know what Greg Sankey said, Shane? What did he say? He said, tune in June 14th to find out. <laughs> so, so he's hyping it up already. Right. So I, he I, went I full Ric Flair there. I love it. <laughs> uh, but all right, Shane. So, yeah, like I said, we got some fun stuff here. Shout out to uh, the callers helping us through, get through this week. We got uh, two great questions, Shane. Let's highlight uh, that call in line one more time. That's where these questions are coming. If you want to get featured on the show, give us a call at 615-965-5152. And that number is in the show notes of every show, so you can check that out. But we got from a Tennessee homer, Shane. This this probably was Shane in a different voice. Cousin Cody from Knoxville, Tennessee. Let's kick it over to Cody. Hey, what's going on? How you boys doing? This is Cody from Knoxville, Tennessee. Go Vols, baby. All right, I got a question for you all. Give me your top three projected offenses and defenses for the East and the West. I'm very interested to hear this. You know, UT is number one on both, but whatever. All right, love you all. Keep up the great work. Love the podcast. Cousin Shane, keep those big orange wops up. Proud of you, brother. See you all. All right, Shane, so Cody wants to know top defenses, top offenses from the SEC East, the SEC West. He wanted to be known. Of course, Tennessee should be featured on both categories. So what do you got? Let's do SEC East first, the top offenses. I I got my list. I don't know if you got a list. How do you want to do this? Well, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit on the offense because there's different ways that looking at it. Are we just looking for efficiency? Are we looking for stats? Are we just looking, 
If team A, team B lines up, who do you think's got the best offense from top to bottom? I was just trying to, mm. you know, because I think you could go different ways with this question. Um, so how did you do your list? Yeah, I mean, I kind of, you know, the beauty of college football, Shane, some of it is unknown and some of it is projections. And so I'm kind of looking at it like at the end of the season, maybe mm. not stats-wise because I – I think just looking at stats, that's that's for losers. But yeah, which team do you think will feature the most uh, explosive, high-scoring, efficient offense by the <laughs> end of you. the season? So, so there certainly is some projections, at least in my rankings. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. And that's kind of the way I went with it. So a lot of people are going to say Shane's biased and all this stuff. But guys, we're talking about explosive offense. Which one, Which teams are going to have it? Yep. So when I'm looking at the East, Mike, I got it simply broke down into three. Number one, give me those Tennessee volunteers. I just think there's not a more dynamic, more explosive offense in the game. Now you got Joe Milton launching it 85 yards squirrel brew back i think this is going to be fun exciting offense and and i don't see it missing a step here even though hendon hooker is not in uniform so now you know top to bottom do they have the best talent in the east no mike they don't i am just i just think that when we get to the end of the year and we say who had the best offense this season from the east number one i'm going tennessee balls right well shane <laughs> I'll tell you why you are right. It's the Tennessee ball, Shane. And it's to me, it's all about Josh Heupel. And it, I mean, I just think, just look at his track record. I mean, he's just everywhere he's been, the incredible, incredible production. Tennessee's offense was dead in the water before they hired Heupel. Mm-hmm. They were great right off the bat. So I'm right there with you. I'm not fully buying the Joe Milton, but hell, even if he doesn't live up to the hype, we got Nico. We all know that. You mentioned Squirrel yep. White. Brew McCoy, I think, is one of the most underrated receivers in the SEC. Ramel Keaton, the transfer, Dante Thornton. Two guys, Tennessee fans know these names, but the rest of the SEC is going to find them out this year. Chaz Nimrod, Nathan Leacock, they they got some real weapons at that receiver position. Yep. And, you know, the the, the secret, not, it's not, not a well-kept secret, but uh, everybody wants to look at the passing game. Tennessee rushes more than they throw, Shane, and they got Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, Dylan Sampson. So they have got a good running back room, too. So as long as Josh Heupel's up there, they're going to be in this discussion for top offense in the SEC East. And uh, I'm, I'm yep. right there with you. I think it's Tennessee number one. Absolutely. Oh, I can hear him now. Just Remember when you were doing the video clips there at the, the coaches and you heard somebody in the background, tut, 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 tut. I can hear them now getting their tweets out. Did you expect anything less from the Tennessee Homer? <laughs> oh, Mike, number two, I've got the Georgia Bulldogs. Obviously, we've got a, a little bit of change there at the helm, but this is a team that is absolutely loaded. So when you look at talent in the East, I don't think there's a more talented group than what is in Athens. I just think their offense doesn't need to be as explosive as Tennessee to win ball games. So I don't think we get to the end of the season and say, damn, Georgia's got such a great offense. They do, top to bottom. A lot of these guys are going to be playing on Sundays. And I do think when you, you look at that Georgia roster, they're absolutely loaded, and there's no way I can have them any lower than two here. Right. No, I, that's exactly who I've got, number two as well, Shane. Of course, uh, 
you know, monking off to the NFL. Mike Bobo, he was already in staff, but he'd been promoted. So I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I think there will be, I don't want to say a drop off because I don't know if that's the right word because Mike Bobo is so established and it's more about the players anyways. But that's that could be a hiccup. Obviously, Stetson moving on to the NFL as well, like you referenced there. But hey, tease that Rusty Manziel interview one more time. Yeah. <laughs> he says, "My guy, you should see this offensive line they got." So uh, they may have the best offensive line in not just the SEC but the country next season. I think they got the best player in all of football, Brock Bowers. Add uh, Dominique Lovett, the transfer from Missouri, of course. Ra Ra mm-hmm. Thomas from Mississippi State. Lad McConkey, probably the most underrated receiver in the SEC. And oh yeah, don't forget Arian Smith, Oscar Delp, and another guy that uh, Rusty told me about. Freshman tight end Lawson Lucky. All they got is elite tight ends down there at Athens Shade. So yeah, I, I mean George, I wouldn't even be stunned if they were the number one offense. But uh, you know, I, I'm still giving the slight edge to Tennessee right now. Yeah, absolutely. So who do you got number three? Number three was tough, man. I'm not gonna lie. Kind of, I kind of went round on this one here, and there's a few factors. I, 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 I like South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I, I really wish Lloyd would have stayed. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think they got one of the best, if not the best, wide receiver in the game. So you can make that argument, Spencer, if he keeps playing like he did last season. Um, he was close. So this one was close for me with South Carolina, but I kind of went with Kentucky. And and the reason I did is is they went out shopping for an offense, man. These they, they pulled pieces. One of the I think better running backs they got from Vanderbilt. I, I, I think Leary's legit. I think I honestly I think they got one of the fastest damn wide receivers. I think they're gonna find ways to get uh Brown the ball, you know. So I when I look at an explosive offense and, and fun to watch that's something that Kentucky's kind of lacked here a few years. There's been hit or miss. There's been some games. But I think with, with Cohen back, I think they get back on track. So, uh, lot, sl- slight edge. Give me uh, give me the Wildcats here. Hey, when you look at Shane reading off my list here. That's who I got, <laughs> number three, two, Shane Kentucky. You referenced it, Liam Cohen return. That's huge. Devin Leary, yeah. Ray Davis, adding them to the mix. They, you know, the, the reason I didn't consider them one or two, though, is that offensive line. They were such a disappointment. Now, they've, they've added via the transfer portal there as well. So, hopefully, we get that shored up. If we do, maybe they do move up this list because they, like you said, the best receiving core probably Kentucky has ever had. They've got some mm-hmm. real playmakers uh, all uh, around the football there in Lexington. So, Kentucky, if I'm a Kentucky fan, it seems like Shane's starting to buy into that Kentucky hype. I love yeah. to see it. I, it's, it seems like this time every year, man. I don't know what it is. It's that pretty blue helmet you got down there. I just, it's, it's, it's like those. Uh, remember, like they used to do them movies. I don't know if they did that, but they actually like pieced in like popcorn or something. And then you're like, man, why do I want popcorn all of a sudden? You know, now, why am I wanting to buy into Kentucky here all of a sudden? Mike's been, he's got Kentucky all over his desk there. I think that's the problem here. So yeah, I just think they're going to be fun. That's. That's the key for me is, is they're going to be loose. I, I I don't know how good the defense is going to be, so there's going to be some ex, there's going to be some shootouts, man. So that that I think that plays in favor for a, an efficient offense toward the end of the season. I think what you were searching for there, Shane, was subliminal messages. Is that what? It, yeah, it's yeah. one of them big ones. Yeah, boy, there's way too many syllables there. You know. <laughs> All right, how about SEC West, Shane? Who you got as a top offense in the SEC West? 
Oh, Mike, this one is another one. It, it, it's tough. You want to? I want to. I'm not going to lie. I want to give it to Crimson Tide just mm. because I think they're super talented. But that quarterback situation is is I can't get behind it right now. So with the explosive spring game that I saw, I think it's uh, the offensive line looks freaking terrific. I mean, they just they look freaking mean you know as hell mm -hmm. i like this lsu team so mm. uh right now i've got a slight edge to them lsu taggers great minds think alike shane and lsu would have only two sec teams shane that returned the starting quarterback and the offensive coordinator this season so that, that's a pretty wild stat i just think that uh you know look all across college football man when you not that year one was bad by any means but year two Two, there's usually a big jump, particularly yeah. when you're bringing back the, the quarterback. So I think Jane Daniels has an even better year. Uh, I mean, they're loaded at receiver. They just added, this kind of went under the radar, at least my radar, Shane. They just added former Notre Dame running back Logan Diggs. So he's familiar with Brian Kelly. He rushed for 114 yards last season on Clemson's defense, also rushed for 90 on South Carolina. So this is a guy that. He should be ready to go in the SEC. Uh, Mason Taylor, the tight end. We all know who his dad is. Yeah. Uh, you said the offensive line, all five back. Yeah, yeah. I, I think LSU is an easy answer for me. Number one offense in the West. Absolutely. They look mean, too. It reminds me of them. Remember the program when that guy's going out and slamming his head in the window? You know? <laughs> That's LSU offensive line right now. So it's been a while since we've seen it, but these boys look pretty damn good during the spring ball. So who you got number two in the West? Two, I gave Bama. I I, mm. I know it, it's you're you're looking at it and you're like Shane did. They ain't got a quarterback. It doesn't matter, man. This team's super talented. They, you talk about some big uglies up front. It's probably the biggest damn offensive line to walk through Tuscaloosa. <laughs> and then you've got a, a, a slew of running backs back there that could literally start at any Division One school in the country. Yeah. Uh, and it's not just one. I'm talking handfuls, three, four guys. They're deep as hell. Uh, I think some wide receivers step up here. Again, we got some early first-rounders uh, at some point. They, they, they got talent, brother. And they just got to put it together with somebody at the quarterback spot and i have full confidence that they're going to find it so this one here i'm kind of having to paint a picture a little bit but um i think alabama when we get to the end of the season we're going to say damn that that offense took a huge step forward well shane i'm happy because we finally got something different here alabama not even on my board here shane believe it or okay. not i'm going them arkansas razorbacks with kj jefferson there <laughs> rocket sanders uh maybe the best running back room Arkansas's ever had Rocket, A.J. Green, Rashad DeBinion, Dominique Johnson. You know, can't forget about that tank back there. Uh, yeah. Dan Enos back as offensive coordinator, getting back to a little bit more what Sam Pittman wants to be, at least from an offensive identity standpoint. They've added seven transfers to that offense. You know, the, the receiver's certainly a question mark, tight end a question mark, but again, mm -hmm. they've added via the transfer portal <clears> – <throat> I think Arkansas, Shane, they're going to live and die by this offense this year. So, I, I got all the respect in the world for K.J. Jefferson. Give me Arkansas number two. Okay, man. I like it. So, you got this, to uh, – Well, huh? I kind of you kind of hinted at number three for me here. I, I kind of went round and around here. I love K.J. Jefferson, obviously. Everybody, anybody that's ever listened to this pod knows I'm a huge Jefferson fan. They know I'm a Rocket Sanders fan. But there's some pieces missing, and yes. that's that's my concern. I'm not saying that it doesn't 
that they don't find it this season, but we're, we're talking who's the number three, who's the number two best offense in the SEC, Mike. I can't. I kind of filtered mine down to Ole Miss. Hmm. I, I, I looked at Texas A&M. I tried to make a push for Texas A&M. Yep. I just don't know how much Bobby's going to have to play here. So then that, that, that limits it. Now, this could seriously change after a week three, week four. I'm saying, damn, they got – some of the best wide receivers in the country. Why did I not pick Texas A&M? I could see it. Arkansas, I could see it. They got some – there's a lot of people excited about this next crop of receivers coming through. I, I still think they got one of the best running backs and quarterback in the SEC. But I love Junkins, man. How can I have him on my Heisman list and can't have him on the <laughs> offense? You know what I'm saying? I love what Lane Kiffin does with his offense. I think this is the year Dart takes that step forward and 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 becomes that kind of explosive offense they had a couple seasons ago, like with Matt Corral and them. So, yeah, yeah brother, I, I, I think that's who I'm going to go with here on the three spot. Give me Ole Miss. Man, you're almost convincing me, Shane, because, you know, Lane Kiffin's such a great play caller. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you just said. I, I flirted with Ole Miss, but I went different direction. So it's, it's nice to be a little bit different. I went Texas A and M, Shane, and that's that may be bold after what we saw last year on the field from them Aggies. <laughs> but it's just I just got so much faith in Bobby Petrino working with this talent. Connor Wigman came on strong at the end of last season, yeah. and he's got all the pieces around. And even Max Johnson, if it's Max Johnson, can't write him off. But Evan Stewart, Anaya Smith, Moose Muhammad, probably the best trio of receivers in the Absolutely. entire SEC, if not the country. They got a tight end, Donovan Green. Don't forget Jake Johnson, younger brother of Max Johnson. He was number one tight end two years ago. He, if he comes along, you know, it seems like those mm -hmm. these Jimbo offenses, of course it's not necessarily his offense anymore, but it seems like his offenses go – when they have a tight end. They may have two elite yeah. tight ends. So A and M, I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. They returned eighty two percent of the offensive production. That's number one in the SEC. Returning five offensive linemen with starting experience and signed five star running back Ruben Owen. So if A and M can get that offense figured out, they're gonna be a dangerous team. It seems like we say that every year. So I could be dead wrong. You know what? <laughs> did you did you think of uh Mississippi State at all I mean you know just just given the fact that Will's out there and they're going to let him cook and throw it it sounds like we're going to still get a lot of offense play here right I mean obviously we, we don't have the pirate with us anymore but it's going to be tough to slow down this offense as efficient as it's been the last few years is there I mean did you even give them a little consideration here Oh, yeah, definitely, Shane, because you mentioned it. Will Rogers, I love him. Jaden Wally, the receiver, I, I love him. Uh, Mark's at running back. But the the problem for me with Mississippi State, and I think the transitions is going to be good. I think it's going to pay off. We're going to get uh, Xavion Thomas more touches. We're going to get Marks more touches. We're going to get some of these talented playmakers more touches. We're, hell, they added a couple tight ends. They haven't had a tight end on the roster in like five, six seasons, Shane. So – yeah. The problem with Mississippi State, and hell, maybe it's not a problem, but for me, it's hard to project just how good they're going to be right out the gate. But it, mm -hmm. it's all about the, the quarterback. We all know that, and they've got the right quarterback. Does he fit the system? That remains a slight question. Uh, if he can come out and there's there's no transition, it's not just him, but it's it's the offensive alliance, receivers, tight end. Like I said, they who literally weren't on campus 
uh, a season ago. If all these pieces can gel together, yes. Coordinator helped Appalachian mm-hmm. State beat Texas A&M. We cannot forget that. Imagine yeah. what he can do with Mississippi State talent with the all-time leading passer in, in school history. Mississippi State, they may be the most slept-on team in the in the SEC. God, there's going to be so many people pissed at this list. I can hear it now. We're doing <laughs> like three – I mean, seriously, we are – in essence, pissing off four fan bases. Oh yeah, <laughs> from the east, four from the west, and if we're not high enough, it may be even more. So this <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Thanks, Cuz. <laughs> well, you guys- tag him in it so he can feel the hate. <laughs> Let's get the defenses. Shane, who's your top defense out of the east? Well, I think you got to go Vanderbilt here, right? No, <laughs> I just wanted to mention them. Uh, now, I, I think this one's – I mean, how can you say anything else but Georgia Bulldogs yeah, here? Yeah. That's what they, they built down there. And, and, I mean, that's the staple of Kirby's uh, defense. So, uh, yeah, give me Georgia Bulldogs easy. Yeah, and, and the continuity helps bringing back Schumann and, and Will Muschamp. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's big. 70% of that defensive production is returning. Michael Williams, Nazir Stackhouse, Smile Munnan, Chaz Chambliss, Javon Bullard, Malachi Starks, Kamari Lassiter. Uh, I just mentioned like eight of the best defensive players in the country last year, Shane. They're yeah. all back. They're deep. By Georgia standards, the defense was below average last year, yeah. and I think they were probably the third best defense in the country. So I've expected them to be nothing less than the best defense in the country this year. Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe we wasted this much talk, time talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your number two yeah, defense in the East? Uh, maybe a surprise here, Mike, but uh, give me M-I-Z, baby. I, I think this – you knew I was going there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. What I love about it, obviously I loved, you know, how they performed last year. I, I, I know you're looking at the records and – and some of the games, and, and Tennessee fans especially, they're going to tweet out, oh, but look at this score, you know. But I'm telling you, brother, if they were deeper last year, this team would have would have won a lot more games. And I think that's the case. They're deeper this year. They're bigger. They're faster. They're stronger. That secondary, oh, my gosh, they're mean as hell. It's mm-hmm. a lockdown secondary, man. And in and, and this league, that's what you got to have. I really love I love Mizzou here, and and I think they surprise a lot of teams this year, and it's going to be because of this this side of the ball right here. So give me Mizzou at number two. Yeah, I think you nailed it, Shane Blake Baker, defensive coordinator, back for a second year. I think this is the first time in four maybe five seasons Mizzou's had the same defensive coordinator. As crazy as that is to believe, but he did such a great job. He had, he uh, definitely deserved that extension and raise he got from the Tigers. Uh, Tyron Hopper at linebacker, one of the best in the SEC. I think they got the best duo of corners mm-hmm. in the SEC in, in uh, Chris Abrams, Drain, Enos Rakestraw, Joseph Charleston back at, at safety, uh, Darius Robinson, and Christian Williams on that defensive line. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're some beasts up there in Missouri, and uh, mm-hmm. people sleeping on them, but yeah. you better watch out, man. That's, that's going to be a nasty, nasty defense. Absolutely. So who's who rounds out your list? Number three. Oh man! <laughs> All right, here's the deal, man. It feels like South Carolina is just a bubble team for me. Yeah, they've got some pieces that that, especially like their secondary. I mean, they just they're going to be reloading. They're going to be exciting. They're they're going to be fun to watch, but. 
again, what does that look like week eight, week nine, when we're in the in the throes of thing? And I think that's something that Tennessee went out and improved was that competitive depth. So I'm going to give the edge to my Tennessee Volunteers oh. here at number three. <laughs> Deep, son. They're, they're, this is going to be a better squad than it was last year. And, and brother, it wasn't nothing to write home to mom about. But, you know, when I get to this third spot, it's almost like – I'm picking the lesser of two evils here, you know? So mm-hmm. I just I, – I think when it comes down to it, Tennessee's going to have more depth than South Carolina. So I'm going to give them the slight edge. Yeah. Well, to your Not point – Not biased at all. <laughs> to your point, Shade, I certainly did consider South Carolina, like you said. I love that secondary. Uh, linebackers should be better this year. But I'm kind of questioning how good overall – talent they, they got some good frontline defensive linemen but i don't know about the depth right now i'm not right. going tennessee i'm going kentucky shane brad white defensive coordinator back for another year uh, Dion walker one of the most uh underrated freshmen in the country last year on that defensive line of course he's back jj weaver weaver give me six over there trevin wallace <laughs> emerging linebacker jordan lovett at safety derrick jackson ty uh, Triv, Trivcon, Ripka. I mean, they, they have got some pieces up there, and they yeah. have, they attacked it via the portal as well to shore up their deficiencies. I think Kentucky. Give me number three Kentucky defense in the East this year. Any other considerations here? I mean, uh, you know. I mean, I, I think mean, Florida. Florida, could, mean, if they, yeah. they would kind of have to come out of nowhere, but they got the pieces and if they hit on mm-hmm. this defensive coordinator armstrong we maybe we're sleeping we may hell we're sleeping on the entire florida program um i yeah. mean they could win seven eight games it would not stun me i mean they got pieces we're, we're kind of totally dismissing them because of the schedule because of the lack of experience in this system but mm, man they're just they're just such a hard team to peg yeah no i i'm i'm with you and, and i kind of you know, even that spring game, I was like, man, that defense just looks so damn good. And, and I, But everybody wanted to blame how bad the offense was. Yeah. You know, and not get the defense credit, which I think is dumb. I, I think Florida's got a pretty good defense. Um, just, again, competitive depth. What does that look like toward the end of the season? Um, I, I think that, I think they're going to surprise a few people, and a lot of that's going to be on the defense side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So who's your top defense out of the West? Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> next. Uh, no. Yeah, next. We'll see what you got number two. No, I'm telling you, brother, this – I'm not saying they're like Georgia, but I'm saying they're like Georgia. They're mean. They're fast. They're deep. They got one of the best – they got – their secondary, man. Yeah. That Kool-Aid kid, I tell you, he is going to be an absolute animal on Sundays. I hope he goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. If we could <laughs> – maybe we could just – tank for kool-aid is that a thing can we do that because i would love to have him that brother this 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 roster is not only loaded it's deep as hell alabama's getting back to defense and and i think there were some young kids making some boneheaded mistakes last year i think we had some growing pains and uh i think we have a bounce back big time from crimson tide here expect some shutouts yeah kevin Steele back in the fold getting back to uh more of that traditional nick saban defense so that should pay off big time dallas turner is is an incredible athlete as well keep hearing great things about the true freshman caleb downs back here at safety um Mm -hmm. yeah i mean they got too many guys to list here but uh too many alabama should be an easy number one Mm -hmm. so who you got number two number two i kind of i kind of 
I had a tough one with this one, man. But I, I got to go Texas A&M, man. Mm. I, I, I was close. I almost went LSU, so that's going to give away who my third one is. <laughs> but uh, I just think Texas A&M has got what it takes to be an ugly, mean, ugly defense in the SEC. The defensive line, the secondary. They're deep, man. I mean, they've got no holes. Yeah, I mean, they could probably use a little more depth at, at linebacker, but who cares, you know? <laughs> they got all <laughs> everything else. It is lined up perfectly. So, I give me give me the Aggies here. This is a and, and that Alabama is is highly touted as I as I have them. Texas A&M is not far far behind these guys. Right. I think this is a, a mean old defense. Yeah, actually I got the same two, Shane. I just flipped the order. So I went LSU number 2. I like Matt House, same deal. I think they'll get mm-hmm. better year two in his defensive system. Harold Perkins, I think he's the best defensive player in the country. Mason Smith yeah. is back. Makai Wingo, Omar Spates, the Oregon State transfer. And they loaded up on defensive backs in the transfer portal. LSU, Shane, they added 11 defensive players in the transfer portal. And, you know, if, if you bring it in to someone to LSU, they, they're no scrub. You know what I mean? So yeah. these are going to be contributors for Brian Kelly's squad. A, a lot of faith. Uh, more star, star power, I think, is what's wowing me a little bit. That was the difference with A&M. But you're, yeah. you're dead on with A&M. I mean, they could have the best defensive line in the entire country. If they Absolutely. live up to the potential. And that's, that's where these games in the SEC are won in the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. If they can get the most out of that unit, hell, I mean, A&M could have the best defense in the in the SEC. I mean, I, I'm not ready to go quite that far, but it wouldn't stun me either. So, common theme yeah. with the Aggies, Shade, tons of potential. Can they unlock it? I mean, that's – and no one's got the answer till we see it this fall. You know what? Yeah. I just – I'm getting you – know, It's, it's like got to be frustrating. They're, I mean, I, I got to be honest with you. If I'm, a, if I'm an A&M fan right now, I'm, I got, I'm, t- I'm frustrated because – because we got all this talent, because we should be winning games, and I think they will. I think they'll win a lot more this year, but how many? I mean, even eight and four with this roster, I don't think that's very good. You know what I mean? Like, they should be shooting no. for nine, ten, hell, eleven wins. Well, that's what pisses me off because you even take last year's team and you put you put them in a different state and a different program playing a different offense and defense, you're like, all right, there's no question they're they're making a bowl. Hell, they're making a run for an SEC championship. There may be one or two games off, you know. Right. But it just it felt like anything and everything that could go wrong did go wrong. It's kind of like my drive this morning, you know. <laughs> like it's just every time you, you get a little open, you know, a camper pulls out and you're behind the, you know, you got to sit there <laughs> behind this camper for 35 minutes. So, I, Mike, I'm with you. I think the Aggies. Should be frustrated. They should be, Mike. They've they've look how much time they've had to. Everybody's been ready for Texas to come in here. You know this was this was the Aggies' time to make some noise and and establish themselves as the big brother of the SEC. And it just feels like they're just fiddle farting around here and not making bowl games is ridiculous. And, and I I don't want to get on the Texas A and M thing, Mike. You get me fired up already. <laughs> We've done that. Listen to last season. There's plenty of hate coming out. This is a new chapter, yep. and with that new chapter, we're going to start with a hell of a defense. We got a, a hell of a program here. I think Texas A and M is going to have a legit shot at a at a championship run, and. Uh, and it's going to start in the trenches with the biggest, baddest defensive line this side of the Mississippi. 
Yep. Or close to it. Sorry, George. <laughs> I, mean, think, I mean, you know, up there. Wait, they're on that side of the Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. On that side of the Mississippi. That's where, that's exactly the stat I want out there. Uh, I'm going to throw up a map on the YouTube just so, just yeah, to I'm not, this is not big words and maps. Shane's just, you, you got me all over the place here. <laughs> All right, last one real quick, Shane. I, I just love this question. We even got it. Uh, you know Cousin Ollie's getting big time when we got other callers, Cousin Hugh, <laughs> calling out and challenging Ollie. Let's see if Ollie's man enough to accept his challenge. All right, this is Hugh Clark, take two again. Uh, I would love for South Carolina and Kentucky to start playing for a gold pair of sunglasses. And if you could tell Cousin Ollie on this game this year, I'd like to get in touch with him. We'll bet a pair of Ray-Bans or whatever he'd like to do on that game. Go Gamecocks. That's what's up, boys. Keep it up. Please. All right, Chase. So I just thought it would be fun if there's any <laughs> trophy ideas. Kind of like uh, Cousin Hugh here says, hey, battle for the Ray-Bans here when South Carolina, Kentucky yeah. meet. A lot of these games, they already play for a trophy. So uh, not, not that we have uh, – you know, have to add a, a trophy for every game or anything like that. But just the perfect example for me, like this, this is what came to my mind, Shane, the Egg Bowl. Yes, I realize they play. We're, we're not getting rid of the Egg Bowl. That'd be foolish. But considering they play on Thanksgiving, I think it'd be great if they give out like a Turduncan a la John Madden and, <laughs> and give like the best, the MVP of the, the best turkey leg or what have you. Uh, Absolutely. But I, I also thought, Shane, it'd be, wouldn't it be great? And I don't know if they would do this, but it almost like along with the Egg Bowl, if maybe they mm-hmm. they played for the Pirate Patch to honor Mike Leach, final game oh, yeah. he ever coached. I mean, why not add that to the greatest rivalry in possibly college football, the Egg Bowl? Let, let's throw in a Pirate Patch here or something. That was kind of the idea, the whole reason I wanted to play this one here. No, I get, I, I like that, Mike. I, I obviously I hope they do some. Some stuff for the pirate. Uh, uh, I think this one is going to be a good one too because Lane had a lot of respect for him as well. It just never felt like they feuded. You know, it's not like the the Ole Miss Mississippi State we grew up to, but yeah, it, it it felt like they had enough respect for each other. So I hope they do something to honor, and I'm sure they will, Mike. Or, uh, or maybe yeah. just just put a uh, pirate patch on a golden egg or something. You know, with his initials or something. Yeah, we could do something, Mike. We can make it happen. So, so the egg's awesome too. If you've not heard the history, uh, that we've got an old history lesson uh, <laughs> talking about how that trophy originated. You know, because that's the shape of footballs it used to be back in the day. So, uh, yeah, pretty pretty cool setup and uh, one of my favorite games. So, absolutely would love to see that. And the only other one I really wanted to mention, Shane. Um, I don't know if you know this because hell. You know, we're new to Texas and Oklahoma, too. But they play for, like, his, this golden cowboy hat, I believe. Okay. I want to I post the SEC logo in the middle of that golden cowboy hat the first <laughs> time they play just to, you know, let it be known, hey, these are two SEC teams now. I, th- I think that would be great. Yes, absolutely broadcast it for everybody. <laughs> you know, another one was that Florida-Georgia game uh, – you know, it's, it's it's dubbed the largest outdoor cocktail party, but they they play for an or, which for me just doesn't seem right. It seems like we should be playing for a handle of booze, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's how they got their name is uh, one of the media guys noticed a, a fan 
trying to hand a uh, a cocktail to a, an on-duty officer so the thing kind of snowballed so that it's a big old party so yeah let's let's have let's let's start handing out some handles there <laughs> oh man i i yeah i would love i that. like the glasses idea i think that's fun kentucky fans hate it you know south carolina fans love it uh, that 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 one's becoming one of my favorite games i'm kind of glad that that this is becoming the a rivalry you know not saying that it wasn't in years past but the, the these two really have fired it up here the last couple of seasons and uh they're all going to be picking at each other year in year out <laughs> yeah yeah well hey buddy that's all i got on this episode of the show you got anything before we uh hop off the line no no i just it's been a wild long week and i and i you know it's, it's been a while since we had real content you know so we don't know what to do with ourselves but uh keep keep the calendar set you know the flag day remember that that's gonna be us we're gonna be talking is it really SEC, flag day uh, you keep saying that i don't i never i've heard of flag day Mike, but i just learned something you know it's like when i learn a new word i want to use it 15 times i just found out because i looked at my schedule when you told me i was like god i hope you know, I, I don't have softball or something like that. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, it's flag day. And I'm like, I have no idea what that means. It's like tree day or something, you know. I don't Like, get your flags out, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know. Somebody's probably yelling at the radio like, you dumbass. This is this is the most important day of the life, you know. But I have no clue. So, But I do know that on that day, we're going to try to do a live broadcast to talk about 2024 which is going to be awesome like i said seeing texas and oklahoma on the schedule yep. see what some of these uh i mean we're going to find out you know some of these rivalries that potentially could be going away are we going to get to still see those in 2024 so i think that's awesome and uh i can't wait to share it with you guys and girls so uh keep keep your uh youtube's on uh subscriptions uh notifications on yeah i'm looking for the word i'll just keep talking to find it and uh whenever it happens we'll send you an alert but uh well other than that, what Mike, i think I've is great nothing. about the live videos real quick shane uh, I yeah. think there's a way I can do it to where we just shoot it out and it goes to YouTube, mm -hmm. it goes to Facebook, it goes to Twitter, it goes to Instagram, it goes to all of them live. You, whatever platform you consume this podcast, uh, you can view it in real time. So that's kind of one of the advantages of doing it like that. That's cool, man. I dig it. I ain't a part of that problem, but you know, I'll be there. I'll be on this side of the mic, ready to go live. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, hey, that's a perfect place. So don't forget, check out Saturday night special edition, Rusty Manziel. And then all, the audio version will be out Monday as a normal show. But, uh, man, I, that's all I got. Brother, I can't thank you enough for continuing to show up. Can't thank each and every one of you enough for showing up. We'll catch you on the next one. All right, see you guys. Go balls. You tell it's getting late. Mike's rambling like I am. <laughs> Where are you going? Where are you going? Are you going somewhere? I got all the time in the world, man. You got time for one more video? <laughs> <laughs>